Jay right in your face. Welcome back to episode two of The Fade Away. My name is Fatty. I got my co-host alongside me here, Zadie McGrady. Uh, and today we're just going to recap a bit of the last week. It is the final week of December, uh, the final week of 2018. And what a year it's been, ladies and gentlemen. What we're going to talk about today, we're going to address a little bit of the uh, injuries that are plaguing uh, our friends down south in L.A. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Warriors and, and uh, just lament a little bit on their struggles this year so far. I know that they're sitting a, a higher seed in the West, but we will talk a little bit about that. Uh, we're going to recap a little bit about what happened on Christmas Day, uh, as well as uh, what we think is the MVP race as of now. Uh, and then we're going to actually conclude it with a couple segments, so we'll keep that as a surprise till the end. Uh, and to start us off is uh, Zade himself. Thank you. So what I'm going to start off with is the LeBron and Rondo injury and how that affects the Lakers moving forward. So on Christmas Day, LeBron suffered a left, a strained left groin. Um, and he's expected to miss several weeks, and there's no timeline for his return. And then Rondo suffered a right-hand injury, and that's uh, something that's been bothering him since he broke his hand in November. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's expected to miss a month. The biggest things that you miss from these two guys, um, besides what they do on the court, is um, is mostly their leadership. You know how they how they talk to these young guys, how they lead these young guys, especially when it comes down um, to final seconds. And and we saw that mostly um, in the next game after Christmas Day when the, the Lakers faced uh, the Sacramento Kings. Um, and they lost to that buzzer beater yeah. by, uh, by, by Bogdan. Um, so, but the young kids, they've been, they've been stepping up. And, they, and I know Josh Hart, after the game, uh, the Christmas game, said, he said that they're not scared and they're ready for the limelight, right? So you had um, Kuzma, B.I., and Lonzo lead the team. So Kuzma with 33 points. Uh, B.I. with 22, and Lonzo with uh, 20 points, 12 assists, and 9 rebounds. So very close to a triple-double. Lonzo really stepping up, and that's what you want to see from your young guys. But this is the one thing that they're going to miss is guys who can close out the game. And that's what you get, especially when uh, LeBron um, suffered his injury in the Christmas Day game. You had Rondo really step up the game for the team, really lead the team, and he got Zubats involved as well, Um, and you saw him coming out as well. Um, now, for me, what I think the X factor is going to be with LeBron's absence is Josh Hart. Josh Hart has got to be that fourth guy, you know, off the bench, that guy that really gives him a spark, that guy that really brings energy to the game. Now, we know Kuz, B.I., Lonzo, they're going to do their thing. They're going to have to stay the top three guys. They have to be the new big three of the Lakers, essentially, for now. Um, but you always need that one key guy that has the one key factor. And Josh Hart has really has to provide a spark, you know, scoring off the bench and being able to provide for the Lakers off the bench. No, I, I definitely agree with you there. I'll actually be completely honest with you. I'm not really high on Josh Hart. I think I might be the actually the only person that's not. Uh, I just feel as though the, the Lakers have restocked um, a lot of guys who are pretty much playing the same position. You got KCP uh, yeah. for $18 million a year. So yeah. you're either wasting your money or he's on the court instead of Josh Hart. And, they kind of do the same thing. A lot of people talk on Josh Hart's defensive ability. Uh, he's okay defensively. I mean, the team is definitely not that great. They're not where they need to be. Uh, Josh Hart is an average shooter at best. I don't think he's having really a great scoring season. Uh, that being said, I do understand he's like the fourth, fifth option yeah, on the team. But exactly. uh, for him to be one of those pieces that people talk about as, as you know, an untouchable, like like a Brandon Ingram, for example, I, really outside of LeBron and probably Kuzma at this point, I don't know why anybody would be untouchable on that team. They're not 
Uh, you take those guys off the team, they're not that great. They're kind of what they were last year. Uh, Kuzma's really flourished into into a go-to guy. The second, but, the second guy on the team. Yeah, but you talked about it best, man. They, they lost to Sacramento at the buzzer. They need that veteran. They need somebody there for that end-of-game defense, uh, last shot. So uh, I'm not – yeah, I don't know. I'm not too high on a lot of these Lakers guys. I think they need to make a lot of moves. Magic and, uh, and Rob need to definitely have a great offseason for them to be uh, anything close to. Kind of what they want to be with. LeBron. It's only it's only Josh's second year in the league, I believe it is. Yeah, second, I mean, second year. So you know he's still got time to to you know really develop and understand how to play the game. Now you you mentioned KCP, and that's only I think a one year rental essentially. I think he's only got one year. He's only signed to one year. So I, I most think it was two more years because he's, uh, he's he's Rich on Paul's. Rich Paul. Right? Yeah, yeah. But either way, it's only one year. So mm. you can have him um, um, ahead of Josh Hart, but you that's what you get to use that as a guy for now and you get to continue to develop Josh Hart for the future so you know and you got Josh Hart, Josh Hart for the cheap right he's still on his rookie contract yeah, yeah. he's going to come in his third year hopefully better um, willing to play more of a role and obviously when LeBron comes back he moves to the fifth or like even a sixth if you have Rondo yeah. um, and you got him coming off the bench but what a game it was that Christmas Day game um, we saw a lot of struggles so a lot of weird things from the Warriors, and you know, I'll let you get into the Warriors and and kind of what's been going on with a weird year. You said they're top of the East still; they're still second, in, sorry, second in the West. Um, they're still top of the Western Conference, but it hasn't been a year that's you know lived up to the standards that they've set in the past years. Yeah, no, for sure, and it, it goes kind of this year a little bit more more so off the court than uh, as much on the court uh, with a lot of issues that we've seen in, throughout the season with Draymond and KD. Uh, a lot of animosity between those two guys. But, yeah, you're right, man. They're sitting in second place right now. They're only a half game uh, behind the first seed. But that being said, they're only about four games ahead of not being in the playoffs at all, right? Yeah. So the West is a tight race right now. I do want to talk a little bit about their struggles. So this is something that I, uh, you know, comment on a lot. It's uh, really how I view Steph Curry to the game of basketball. And I think regardless of Kevin Durant being on that team, this is Steph's team. Mm-hmm. Steph is the engine of this team. And, Without Steph, this team is nothing. Uh, last season, with Steph in the lineup, they were 41-10. and 10. Mm-hmm. Without Steph, they were 17-14. and 14. So they're losing more games in almost, what, three games? Or three times less games. Yeah. Uh, and then this season, uh, they were 19-7 and seven with Steph. He's putting up, I think, 28.5 a game this year. Right. Uh, without Steph, they're actually under 500. So they're 5-6 wow. and six without Steph and Curry. So this is a team that has the likes of Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, one of the best shooters we've seen in the last... I'd say over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Top and two then, shooters at almost all time. Yeah, almost all time, right? It doesn't make sense that you take Steph Curry out of this lineup and they become incompetent at playing basketball. Um, but more so what I want to talk about is the Draymond beef with Kevin Durant. Now, uh, what's concerning to me about that beef is Warriors players came out in support of Draymond after this whole ordeal. So for our listeners, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the incident that happened. It was, uh, I believe it was last second shot uh, in the game where... Yeah. You know, Kevin was having a hot game, hot fourth quarter. Draymond grabs the rebound. He's running up the floor. Kevin's calling Kevin's for it. Kevin's literally slapping his hands. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. Draymond's just a deer with headlights. He's he's running up and down the court. And next, next thing on anything, he dribbled it off his foot. Turns they, it over. Yeah, they end up going to overtime. And I think they lost in overtime that game as well. Um, but you can see on their way back into the, the huddle at the end of the fourth, Kevin Durant's like, what's going on, man? Like, this is, my, this is my shot. Why are, you giving, why are you not giving me the ball? And then that's where you see things pop off. Draymond starts coming down on him, you know, calling him certain names that 
Not we really can't really say say on here, but uh, he's, he's cussing him out coming down the court. He's just you know this is not your team. We don't need you here. Uh, all the likes of oh you're not coming back next year. You're not committed. You're not this. You're not that. And then uh, kind of the concern for me is this is what I think this was maybe in the first twenty games of the season, yeah. and you have these issues of oh you're not committed. You're not this. You're not that. The guy's playing here the whole season. He's on contract till the end of the year. I don't know why this decision concerns them 20 games into the season. And for the, you know, the fact that the team comes out and says, oh, yeah, you know, we all feel this way. And we, we do support Draymond Green is a little bit of a concern as well. Uh, kind of goes to show you a bit of the, the cult that warrior, the Warriors have become. It's almost like you can either sit with us or you're not our friend kind of thing. Uh, and, and it's kind of weird how they're taking that. I mean, he did leave Oklahoma City to go there. He helped them win a couple of rings. Uh, I don't understand what more he owes this team. And... Uh, I mean, that that in itself shows a little bit of the pettiness and the immaturity that's happening in the organization. Uh, and the last thing I want to talk about with their struggles is just Clay Thompson. Yeah, where's he uh, been? Clay Thompson's shooting a career low, man. A career low free, uh, three, point, uh, three point percentage. He's shooting about 34%. Uh, this is the lowest in his career. Greatest all time. On the greatest of all time. Yeah. And he's actually making his lowest since his rookie season. He's uh, putting up, I think he's making 2.5 per game. Uh, he's still giving you 21-4-2. and two. Okay. So he's still giving you production, but their three-point shooting has been awful. Worse in his career. Uh, worse makes in his career. So it's he's got a lot of improving to do internally, and I think this team needs a lot of things uh, figured out before the playoffs come because I think a team like Denver, a surging team, like even the Thunder can come in and take that hot seat, and, and the Warriors will be caught off guard. And there's a couple of things that you said that were really interesting. You said you mentioned um... – it's Steph Curry's team and not Kevin Durant's team, and, okay. and 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 you see Steph Curry's effect on the team when he's out, and you kind of see Clay Thompson how when Steph Curry is out, he doesn't play too well. You know, obviously he has a couple of those games where he explodes for fifty points in three quarters, and yeah. and you know he gets his touches, but Steph Curry really helps out Clay's game in the sense that teams are so concerned with Steph running around the court yeah. that they they kind of they don't lose focus of Clay, but he's not as big of a uh, guard for them to to, to worry about, yeah. and then you also have his playmaking ability and how he how he creates space for himself and for others and creates shots for others. Um, so that's really something that affects Clay while while he's out. Yeah. And then secondly, you mentioned how the players banded around Draymond Green and not Kevin Durant. Yeah. And another thing that another side of that is that it's interesting that you see the players siding with Draymond Green, but you see the organization siding with Kevin Durant because he mm-hmm. suspended Draymond for all of that without pay. name calling without 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 pay. So you see sort of a disconnect between the organization, management, and the players. And then that's something that also adds fuel to the fire when it comes down to, you know, you know, people aren't on the same page on this team right now. They don't look, they don't look like themselves right now, which yeah. is really concerning. And, and, and they've built some, they've built such a championship type of culture there. And now yeah. you see it kind of crumbling almost just because of this. Maybe it's a championship hangover, or maybe it's because of Kevin Durant yeah. thinking about leaving. Yeah, no, to me, Draymond, I think he's getting a little bit too comfortable thinking he's untouchable on this team, kind of walking around doing what he's doing. And I'm honestly afraid his run might come to an end. If he keeps talking like this, if he keeps acting like this, driving one of the best players away from your team, I can't imagine this will be good for his future. And I also can't imagine him being that great on any other team. Uh, He looks to me like a really a system guy. He doesn't produce Mm -hmm. offensively. He's not playing well right now. Uh, He's not. He's leaving him open to shoot. He brings the intangibles, and right now he's not bringing really anything to the court. So... Um, that being said, I kind of want to talk a little bit about Christmas. I think you were talking a little bit on the uh, the teams in the West, if you want to 
kind of touch on that a little bit? Sure. So we had three teams play, or three games from the Western Conference. Uh, there was, first of all, the Blazers and Jazz. Um, so that one ended in a 117-96 victory for the Jazz. Interesting fact, actually, the game before that they had met up, the Blazers got 30 by the Jazz. And we've known that the Jazz this year haven't really been consistent. You know, Donovan Mitchell hasn't been playing to, you know, his expectation as a, as a sophomore, especially having a great uh, rookie season. Um, so a couple of the leaders for both teams, you had Lillard, Turner, and McCollum. So Lillard with 20, Turner with 12, and McCollum with 11. So really no help for Lillard. Uh, they had five guys in double digits, but very low double digits, 10 to 12 points. I believe Turner was the second highest scorer on that team with 12 points. So mm-hmm. when you when you have a game like that with no one really helping you and giving you an offensive boost, um, you're not going to be as successful as you want to be. From the Jazz's perspective, they had seven guys in double figures. Uh, they were led with Donovan with 19 points. Uh, following behind was Gobert and Exum Ingles, 18, 15, and 15. So really good team effort. Um, they've got a great team. They've got a great coach, great system. Yeah. Um, Darwin, when he plays to his best of his ability, he's one of the best rising stars in the yeah. league. And you got Gobert with a great rim protection uh, down low. And they're really well constructed. I love team. some Joe Ingles too. Yeah, Joe Ingles. Love I love, Joe Ingles. love Joe Ingles. He looks like he's 87 years old, but he somehow <laughs> plays like he's 30. He's 28 actually. Um, so it's really impressive what they've been able to do and how they've been they've been able to build their team yeah. after um, Gordon Hayward's departure. The second game we touched on it earlier. It was the Lakers Warriors. Uh, Lakers 127, Warriors 101. Big performances by Rondo and Zubats. I believe. Uh, Rondo had 15 points, 10 assists. Zubat had 18 points, 11 rebounds. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a great one-two tandem. And we, we saw that the Warriors couldn't really guard At all. the pick and roll, couldn't really guard a, a big man point guard duo. Sluggish. Uh, and yeah. they were playing at home too. Yeah, they only play at home really, it seems like sometimes. <laughs> um, so it, it, it was really interesting to see the Warriors couldn't beat a LeBron, especially a LeBron-less Lakers. I believe they got it within two um, when LeBron, uh, before LeBron, actually after LeBron, um, had gone injured, they got it with yeah. two points, and they just couldn't really get over the hump. Um, Extended it to like 30 after that. Exactly, yeah. So, and then the Warriors leaders was KD, Iggy, and Curry. So KD with 21, 7, and 7. Iggy? Iggy with 23 points, led the team points, and then Curry with 15. So, so when you have when you have Iggy leading your, your team in points with a team with KD, uh, Steph, and uh, Clay Thompson, you're not really going to, you're not going to win. It's just, it's just that simple. Um, I don't think Iggy's led a team in scoring since LeBron was in high school. No, he might have led the team. No, well, actually, he didn't lead them in the MVP, the Finals MVP season. Oh, right, yeah. He's he, so, I don't know if he led the team. He's but, so well-deserved Finals yes. MVP. Um, but Shout out Steph Curry. At the end of the day, right now, it looks like the Warriors. They don't look like themselves. They don't look like they're in sync. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how they start off the new year. Hopefully, you know, a new year, fresh start. Yeah. They'll be able to, you know, bring back the fire that they once have. We know Boogie Cousins is going to be in the mix in the new year. That'll be very interesting to see. And then finally... We've got the Rockets and the Thunder. It was 113-107 for the Rockets, which I did not expect the Rockets to win. Yeah. Um, PG, Russ, and Adams. So uh, Paul George had 28 points, 14 rebounds. He's been playing at an unbelievable level lately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're putting him up for you know an MVP candidate. You know they're talking, they're putting him in the mix right now. Luca put him on skates tonight. He did. I saw that. I thought that. Put that respect. Um, Russell Westbrook with 21, 9, and 9, and Adams with 14.7 rebounds. Mm. We know Russ has been having a weird year. He's been yeah. averaging almost a triple-double, if not a triple-double, but shooting terribly from the field, yeah. terrible efficiency. Um, so I think once he starts to pick it up, OKC will become even more dangerous. And we've talked about already um, earlier in the first episode how they've got some great acquisitions and a great team around them. 
Um, and then the Rockets, Harden with 41 big points. It seems like Harden's the only one who can play offense on that team sometimes. Um, you got Gordon following with 17 points and yeah. Capella with 16 points and 23 rebounds. I think wow. Capella's the only person who grabs rebounds on this team. Um, so wow. Capella, he's having a, a decent season. Obviously, you, you signed him for a big deal in the offseason. You want him to get better. And you know he had yeah. a big year last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really had high hopes from him. But at the end of the day, Harden looks almost unguardable down the stretch. Yep. You know, with his, his, his travel step backs. Um, he's getting calls <laughs> anytime he wants. Um, so he's really looking like no one in the league can stop him. So it's really interesting to see how the race in the West is coming along. And, you know, like you said, there's um, the Warriors are two games behind yeah. first place. And then if you and then four games behind uh, in front of the eighth seed or something yeah, like yeah. that. So it's a really tight race uh, in the West. But that's your recap for the Western Conference Christmas Day. So I have a question for you. Yeah. You're building a team tomorrow. You have to pick a point guard between Harden and Westbrook. Who are you taking? I mean, they're both really not point guards if you look at it. But if I'm gonna build it as point guards. if I'm gonna build a team around either one of them, um, I'm gonna. That's hard. Uh, I will take James Harden just because of his his, his scoring outburst is just unreal. Uh, I know some people are cringing. Some Westbrook fans are cringing right now. But yeah. you know, to, to put up 41 points, and I, I know he's got some crazy. 50-point triple-doubles, 40-point triple-doubles. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it, de- it depends who you have around them. Mm-hmm. You know, he they had a great run last year. And it, for me, it just Harden's scoring ability, his ability to get to the line, his shooting ability, the, the, just that raw talent. And then he, he's able to average a triple-double or, or get close to averaging a triple-double as well. Yeah. I think that's what gives him the, the edge over Westbrook. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to disagree. I think I'd go with Russ only because Russ is a dog, man. Like, if I'm, if I'm going to battle... I want that guy leading me. He's on the every rebound. And a lot of people stay. He's stat padding. Um, all he's doing is trying to help his team win. When he triple doubles, they're winning about 75% of their games. Mm. Uh, so there's no question what he's doing. I think it's yeah. about 79, actually. Um, so there's no question what he's doing is successful for the team. Right. He's a grinder. I think this guy, like, tore his MCL, came back, like, a three weeks times. later. Yeah, yeah, he comes back even more outrageous as before he left so this mm-hmm. is a guy who cares so much about the game and and loves the game i just feel with Harden, he's a little bit of of a diva um, they all are. and and if he's having an off game he's really not trying to help his team win but if yeah. you look at westbrook and he's had a lot of off games this year he's gone three of 18 mm-hmm. countless times mm-hmm. and they're still winning games they're finding they're finding ways they're giving it to pg they're giving it to steven they're giving it to jeremy they're giving it to dennis schroeder as well so uh, they're they're definitely spreading the ball. He's finding ways to win the game, and and I think for me that that's really what I care about. Um, but that actually is kind of funny because I'm gonna talk a little bit on James Harden and yeah. Uh, but before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit on the uh, Eastern Conference matchups this year for the Christmas games. Uh, we had uh, to nobody's surprise, no Toronto Raptors playing this year, uh, which I am gonna talk about in a bit as well because I'm very pissed off about that. Uh, but we do look at the Milwaukee and uh, New York Knicks lineup. While the Knicks are just a joy to watch, so happy they were playing on Christmas Day. Uh, they actually got blown out. Well, they, they lost by 14, so not really blown out for New York. That's pretty good standards. Uh, and the reason, obviously, Giannis, I think he had like 30, 14, a couple assists, a couple steals. Uh, but my new, my new favorite player from last episode, my guy, Brooke Lopez, 20 points, 4 rebounds. Wow. Um, not too many rebounds considering he's seven foot seventeen. He shoots threes now, so he's not in the paint, you know. Yeah, he's yeah. He actually went one of six from three this game, uh, five of ten from the field in general. So okay, he's still pretty bad. efficient. Okay. Uh, I guess he's shooting a lot more threes than anything else, but uh, he did have twenty points. 
Uh, he's playing very, very well. And mm-hmm. defensively, this team is doing very well. They held the Knicks under 95 points. Under 100 points, rather. That's not hard. Uh, I know it's not hard, but I mean, with today's NBA and everything, you know, the shot clock rule reset right. and everything like that, you are getting more possessions per game and the scoring is going up. They have a couple good scorers on that team. Um, so that was pretty impressive. Uh, and then the second game we look at is the Boston-Philly game, uh, which did go to overtime. Uh, we had our guy Kyrie hit a big shot down the stretch. Great game. Uh, a nice little turnaround, Jay. Uh, to tie the game, send it over to overtime. He actually finished with 40 points uh, as well as 10 rebounds. He had Tatum with 23 and 10. Kyrie had 10 uh, rebounds? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Can you believe it? Two assists, though. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Normal Kyrie. Yeah. And he had Marcus Morris with 23 and 6. Now, uh, Tatum did have a good game. He's having a bit of a, a weird season. I think he's trying to find himself right now with guys coming back to the rotation, uh, especially ball-dominant guys like Kyrie and as well Gordon Hayward demands the ball a little bit. Yeah. And you got Jalen Brown. You got uh, Jason Tatum. A lot, of, a lot of power on that team. Yeah. A lot, a lot of good guys, but a lot of different options, right? And then you look over at the, the Philly side, big boy, JoJo, 34 and 16. Uh, you got Jimmy with 24. Simmons flirted with a triple-double, but, you know, again, 11 points. So he's not really an offensive threat by any means. Uh, but I do want to talk a little bit about the, the snubbing because... My beef is that Utah had their first Christmas game in 17 years. I think Portland had a first game in, in eight years since yeah. 2010. Uh, and, and I actually uh, were a part of a, a basketball forum on Facebook, and I, and I did post about this. And a lot of the feedback that we're getting is, oh, you know, nobody wants to watch the Raptors. Nobody, you know, Raptors don't get ratings. They're boring. They're this, they're that. Do the Knicks get ratings? They probably do only because they're in New York. But I'll but tell you one no thing. there's no players there. Out of, so I looked into national TV views. The Raptors have more national TV views than both Utah and Portland, okay? They finished first in the East last year. They're atop of the Eastern Conference team. We yeah. just picked up Kawhi Leonard, a superstar right. that everyone wants to know how he's doing. He took a whole year off last year, yeah. so now he's coming back. People want to watch it. I'm not buying it, man. I'm not buying what they're selling, and I think the Raptors deserve a Christmas game 100%. Completely unacceptable that all these other teams are playing, and mm-hmm. he, the Raptors just can't seem to find a matchup, and then you know they play the very next day. So it's a bit yeah. of a slap uh, to the face, and, and I know all Raptors fans are feeling that one. I know, um, I know D. Wade had commented on when he was asked how good the Raptors are, and he was like, one question is why don't why, they have yeah. a, ra- uh, a Christmas Day special? 100%. Um, and it just goes to show how the league... Never ever wants to kind of support what's going on in Toronto. Obviously, they support it to a certain degree, but they never want to put them on the national stage. Yeah. And I know the national games, that, the nationally televised games, increased ever since Kawhi came, um, as opposed to having Demar Derozan last year, mm-hmm. um, which was like the whole Kawhi effect kind of thing that was going around beginning of the season. But it, I mean, you're one of the best teams in the NBA. How can you not showcase who they've got? You've got Kyle Lowry and. And Kawhi Leonard, who are both All-Stars. Yeah. They've both been multiple-time All-Stars. How can you not showcase those guys? And then you put the Knicks on the court. They don't have any All-Stars. They don't have any players who are even top 50 in the, in the league. So, yeah. They can, the NBA can keep uh, sleeping on the Raptors. But once we win the East this year and go to the finals, I think, you know, we're going to put a lot of people on notice. Yep. Uh, I want to know from you, though. I know uh, with 2018 coming to an end, uh, I think tomorrow is the last day of games before the, the new year comes along. Where are you at for the MVP race right now? Uh, MVP race, it's kind of heartbreaking for me to say because he's in our conference. Um, a guy that goes by the name of the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, and he's just been a monster this year. So season stats, he's averaging 26 points per game, 12 rebounds, almost 30, 12.8 rebounds, mm-hmm. uh, 6 assists, 
1.4 blocks and 1.3 steals. So he's doing it on both ends of the floor. And the guy with his Monster. length, his size. Um, you see him pick up the ball from half and like... He doesn't dribble. Yeah. He doesn't <laughs> dribble. He takes two steps and he yeah. dunks it from the three-point line almost. Ridiculous, you know? man. And, and one of the things that you... Like some uncommon stats that you don't really see every day. Um, as opposed to the Bucks being actually currently first in the Eastern Conference. So you, I know part of the MVP award is winning. Mm-hmm. You, you have to factor in that success in the season. Yeah. This is why... Right now, AD is a great player, but I don't really consider him an MVP race, right? Mm-hmm. You gotta start winning games. You gotta be at top of your conference, and you gotta be a very solid contender for the for the, for the title. So you got a PER of twenty nine point oh, which is his player efficiency ratio, and that's actually second in the league uh, behind AD, who doesn't win games. Um, and then you got another stat called win shares. So it's basically the player's contribution to the games that they win, um, and basically how they affect their team's mm-hmm. chances of winning. Yep. And he's at uh, 6.0 behind AD and Rudy Gobert. Um, AD, once again, doesn't win, doesn't games. win games. So um, I'm sure his win share, it could be inflated. Same um, with Gobert, though. Gobert, Utah is at least a mid-playoff team, you know? So at least that, that takes into account. And like it takes something into account. Yeah. AD isn't winning games with that team. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Giannis is the only all-star on that team. And he's leading a team to first in the Eastern Conference. If yeah. They've got a great system around him. He is the guy. He's putting up 26 points a night. He's their leader. Only thing I want to see from Giannis, though, to really give him the edge over anybody else is him to close out games. And those close games, I want to see him take the ball, take over games. And you don't really see that often from him. Um, But honestly, he's becoming virtually unguardable. And once he starts to really develop a shot, literally no one will be able to stop him in the league. And last year, he wasn't even top three in MVP voting. He's having a great season. And for me, that's my early MVP for the new year. I actually think Giannis is number one on the NBA power ranking list as well for the MVP race so far. Hire me. Uh, But for me, man, that's a bit of a cop-out answer. Uh, Giannis is, is an easy one to look at. He's having a great year for sure. Uh, But my guy, my selection for this is uh, El Chapo, AKA the beard. AKA James Harden. Even though you picked Russell over James. I did pick Russell over James if I'm taking, you know, making a team. But if we're talking right now and what they've been doing, um, on this season is one thing, but Harden is on a tear. The last nine games, he's averaging 41 a game, Mm -hmm. 41, 8, and 7. Mm -hmm. They're 8 and 1 in the last nine games. Yep. And they've catapulted themselves from, I think, the 13th seed to now the fifth seed in the West, sitting at 20 and 15. On this season, he's putting up 33, 8, and 6. Uh, this is a guy who, we looked at this team, they started out like 1 and 6 this year, and we're like, man, what? How did this happen? There's no way Luke and Mute and Trevor Ariza hold this many shares in the Rockets' success. Also, Melo declining yeah. the wins, really. Yeah, all, all four games that he played. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be honest with you, I think the problem here is CP3. Uh, I've never been a fan of CP3. I've always thought he was extremely overrated. Now he goes down and Harden gets the freedom to do his thing. Yeah. Uh, he's shooting the ball very well. It's not like he's shooting poorly. Uh, I think I, I did make fun of him earlier. He had like 50 points on like 40 shots or something crazy. Like, yeah. I think like 42 shots. But he shot me up. I think the next game he had 50 off 26 shots. Yeah. So he's definitely picking it up a little bit. Um, what they've been doing, what he's been doing in the last 10 games, just outrageous. The shots he's making, uh, the countless travels and bogus foul calls <laughs> that he's getting. But... Uh, he's an artist, man. Like watching this guy play basketball is really a pleasure, and and right now he's my pick the, for the MVP. The MVP award has become a narrative, essentially. It's almost 
your turn. Which story tells which it? Which story tells it? And I know last year Harden's story was you know yeah. catapulted them to the first in the uh, in the Western Conference, finally overtaking the Golden State Warriors and having that team yeah. that could knock off the uh, the Warriors. And yeah. obviously that didn't happen last year. This year's story to me is is Giannis and his 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 rise. And I know yeah. I know Kobe challenged him. Kobe was giving out Twitter challenges uh, at the beginning of the year, yeah. and he said he tweeted at Kobe saying, "Where's my challenge?" And then Kobe just replied, "MVP." So he's really, really, really living up to that challenge. I didn't think he was going to be able to do it and even be talked about. But you see, he's gained like 30 pounds since he's been drafted. Yeah. You know, he's really added to his skill. Um, and it, 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 that storyline is probably the best storyline right now. You know, you've got a team that the Bucks that no one really, not respects, but no one really expects to win. Yeah, yeah. And they're on top of the East and they're led by this monster. Absolutely. Um, so for me, the storyline, his play has really supported his, his MVP. Yeah, it's funny you bring up Kobe. I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday. I kind of feel bad for Kobe, man. I feel like he's been forgotten a little bit since retirement. Because yeah. when you look at basketball, it's, it's sort of seen over generations. You look at... Uh, back in the day, you had uh, Bill Russell, and then you had the likes of Michael Jordan, and mm-hmm. then you had mm-hmm. LeBron slash Kobe. But now, since LeBron is still going, it looks like he's getting better every year. Yeah, people seem to forget about Kobe. Kobe's had five rings. Not That's Lakers not fans. a joke. Co- yeah, not, not Lakers. Lakers. Those guys are the worst. But uh, <laughs> Kobe's a guy who had five rings. He's a ruthless champion. Uh, it kind of sucks that he's modeled his game after Jordan because I think what people. What attracts people more to LeBron now is how different he is, and how you know we haven't seen this before. And then you look at a guy like Giannis, like this is a LeBron 2.0. You look at a guy like Ben Simmons, yeah, you can see LeBron in them. So, this is the new style of basketball is the three point shot, also the very big athletic guy who can dribble the ball and kind of do everything. everything, Um, but I kind of do feel a little bit bad uh, for for Cobes, but um, I'm sure he's doing just fine now, yeah, I think so too. Uh, to wrap up 2018, we have a couple segments that we want to talk about, uh, just sort of events that have taken place over the past year. Uh, I'll actually get started on uh, our first segment. It's called Fades 5. These are the five things that we uh, really want to talk about as, as notable things to take into consideration for 2018 uh, as an NBA season. The first thing for me is uh, Mr. LeBron James' big accomplishment earlier King. this year. Uh, 30,000 points. He's the youngest player uh, by a full year, Kobe was number two. Speaking really? of the devil, oh, wow. uh, Kobe was number two by a full year. LeBron achieved that. So, uh, just honestly, for a guy, and I think he they interviewed him after, and he's he's saying here's like this is surreal considering I'm not a scorer. You're not a scorer. And, yeah. and you think about LeBron's game. LeBron is not a scorer. LeBron's right. actually been passive. roasted a lot for <laughs> being too passive and not taking the last shot and and not really being an efficient scorer. Maybe not a great shooter. Um, but every year he comes back and he improves something that he didn't have last year, like his jumper when he was in Miami, his three-point jumper in Cleveland as well. And now I think with the Lakers, he's mastered the deep three. He's like hitting that at a stupid high percentage right now. So year in, year out, this guy's coming in like fine wine, just approving, uh, killing the league. Um, The number two one for me is, uh, this is a very emotional storyline. It's D. Rose coming back. D. Rose. Uh, He's my player. He's my selection. If there's such thing as an award for comeback player of the year, I think uh, D. Rose should get that. I don't, I don't want him to get the six-man. It's a little I don't bit, want the six. I don't for a guy man. who's the youngest MVP in NBA history, it'll be a little bit weird to have a six-man award under your belt as well. But his season averages right now are 19-5-3 off the bench. This is the most since his injury in 2011. Wow. So uh, for a guy who's gone through hell and back with three knee injuries and surgeries, and you know he teams. got booted out of his hometown. Like Chicago loved this guy. He's from Chicago, and 
booted him out. It was not good. And I think he went back a couple games ago and they, MVP they yeah, he was he, he had a smile. big game and yeah, it yeah, brought a smile to his face. They chanted MVP. So really a feel good story with D Rose. I'm very happy for him and I hope the Wolves, you know, are able to find something and groove a little bit. Yeah. I think Wiggins is not the answer, but I think they can make it work a little bit. Um, number three is uh, the Warriors obviously repeat. Uh, 4-1 win over the Cavs, KD Finals MVP. But the reason why I bring this up is because with this championship, you got guys like Stephen Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green now have the same amount of rings as LeBron James. Uh, doesn't doesn't not all rings are created equal. There's there's definitely a different feel to it when you look at you know the grind that LeBron had to go through uh, to to win his championships versus the Warriors' first championship being against a weak Cavs team. They lost Kevin Love and Kyrie. Uh, and then the second time around, it was just Kevin Durant being on that team is outrageous. Like it, it puts them way over the top. It's obnoxiously too good, uh, and and I think that you know they're overrated. But I'm gonna give them a shout out here because Steph Curry. This is a this is a drafted team. They drafted Steph. Yeah. They drafted Clay. They drafted Dre. Um, they they picked up guys like Sean Livingston and Iggy who aren't superstars but are great role pieces. Oh. And they won a championship before that guy joined the team. So. I don't want people to forget that. It's hard to compare the two because LeBron really had to learn how to win. And LeBron was never really given the opportunity to win in Cleveland. His first seven years in Cleveland. He yeah, had, he made the finals. He's taking guys like Larry Hughes, Booby Gibson to the Eric finals. Snow. It's not, it's not fair. So obviously, Steph, Marshall. those guys, Steph Curry and um, and KD and, yeah. and Draymond, they all benefited from having a really well-organization, well-drafted team, well-coached as well. Um, so I don't think it's... It, to say that they're in the same category as LeBron obviously is not what you're saying but no, they've got the same amount of rings but also what it comes down to when you compare greatness we obviously say rings that's yeah. the kind of the, the defining factor except but, for when it comes to Jordan right because Jordan fans will use rings until you bring up Bill Russell and they're like no man <laughs> not all rings not all rings go man but the, the, if you want to add another layer to that how many finals MVPs does Stephen Curry have well, I mean, he, he has snubbed. he has zero. How many does LeBron have? Three. He has three. He has all three of the rings. Yeah. And he's one. He's got the finals up. See, he's the guy KD's on the championship two for team. Two as well. KD is two for two. Now, that I don't like because I don't like KD. Yeah, but, I don't like KD. Uh, but um, that's, that's but right now, KD over LeBron because he's got three finals MVPs <laughs> and three rings. So my take on it is obviously we are not comparing these guys, but it, when you look at it, like a lot of guys got rings in the NBA. That, who cares? Luke yeah. Walton has four, three, yeah. five. I don't know how many he has. He got two at least yeah. with Kobe, right? So you look at those guys, but huge. What, what the Warriors have been able to do with the last three, four, five years, they really changed the game regardless of who's joined their team and, and who's been dropped. And, and, and they've changed the game of basketball. They've made it a different game. So you have to give your props to them. Well, you look at teams like the Bucks now who are just solely through shooting the three-point shot. You yeah. actually have coaches now who specialize in being three-point shooting coaches. So... Steph Curry, the Warriors really did change the game of basketball, and I'll definitely give him, uh, only him, not Kevin Durant, I'll definitely give him that kind of credit. Um, number four is uh, the Utah Jazz story last year. So they lose Gordon Hayward. Obviously, right. Gordon Hayward suffers a gruesome injury in game one of the season, but they lose Gordon. Uh, they gain yeah. this rookie number nine overall pick. Uh, there's Donovan Mitchell, a guy who a lot of people turned down, uh, but I think Utah was set on him from the beginning, yeah. uh, and he just blows everybody out of the water. He comes out. Uh, I personally think he should have won Rookie, Rookie of the, the year, year, even though Ben Simmons is going to repeat that award this year. Um, but I think he deserved that award 100%. Uh, but I think what a lot of people also forget about is these guys won a playoff series. Yeah. They beat the, the Oklahoma City Thunder in the playoffs. They, I, I think it was 
it wasn't even competitive. It was either a five or six game series. I can't yeah. remember, but it wasn't competitive. They went in there and they blew them out. Mm-hmm. This is a team that has Russ. This is a team that has Paul George. Uh, so these guys aren't scrubs. Yeah. Um, they have Steven Adams. They had him last year. So what they were able to do in the playoffs this year was really uh, just a true testament to the future of that team and Donovan Mitchell. Very rare for a rookie to do that. For sure. And the, and just cold-blooded closing games like this guy's a veteran. It was just mm-hmm. incredible to watch. And uh, number five uh, is uh, my guy James Harden winning his first MVP award. I know it's mm-hmm. uh, it's been a long drought for him. He finished second a couple years. The one yeah. year Steph had it uh, unanimously. Russ. And then Ross, obviously... Yeah. Uh, like you said earlier, man, it's all about the storyline. Russ lost Kevin Durant, obviously a triple-double. Yeah. Uh, people don't really notice that that same season, I think Harden had more points and maybe two less rebounds a game. Yeah. So still pretty much a triple-double. But obviously, uh, Russ did get the knock. But this year, uh, James did secure his first award. I'm very happy for him. I'm very disappointed that their playoff run ended a little shorter than we all hoped for. Uh, but, you know, congratulations to him on that. That's a very good top five. So now we're going to go to Zade's Z-list. So... My top five blunders of the year. Um, now I'm going to start with number five. I'm going to go in reverse order. Number five is the Raptors losing to Casey coming back in his first game in Toronto. Um, that brutal. Obviously, for a Raptors fan, you kind of want to not sort of give it to him. And He had a very good tenure in Toronto. Um, wasn't able to do what we wanted him to do, but still a very good coach and really helped build the franchise to where it was before he left. But the Raptors fired, essentially. The narrative was the Raptors fired the coach of the year. So around the league, you already don't look like you're smart. And now you let this guy come in and you let him win the game. And I know he was talking a little bit of smack before the game, saying he sees the same plays that he ran <laughs> that a couple he years ago. Run, yeah. um, Except they're under 500 now. So, yeah. Still a very big blunder for the Raptors. You know, yeah. you got to come in. I remember watching that game and Nurse didn't really have a good fourth quarter kind of coaching performance. I know some of the last second plays that he drew up were essentially Coach Casey handoff plays. Yep. And so when I saw that, I was like, are you serious right now? you got to be kidding me. But Raptors have definitely picked it up since then. It just sucks that we couldn't get the win over KC, something that we probably already wanted as Raptors fans. Bro, you know what's funny is this guy doesn't celebrate anything. I remember last year he would <laughs> win or lose, he would wave at the other coach and yeah. walk off the court. This guy was hosting a parade on the ACC. I know. Not even the ACC, sorry, the Scotiabank Arena. He hosted a parade on the court right after the game as if, you yeah. know, I just won a championship. Buddy, like, don't don't be this salty, man. You're wearing it all over your sleeve. It's not a good look for you. Be a professional. Coach your team. You're right sitting at 16 and 17, so you have a lot of issues to worry about. Yeah. And you don't have a bad team, and you're in a bad conference. So I think the holes that we all saw as Raptors fans for the last five years mm-hmm. are being exposed in Detroit. Uh, and I'm happy that people are seeing the stage because the team made him look a lot better than he actually was. For sure, was. yeah. And he, he really relied upon Kyle and then the yeah. opportunity to grow and become All-Stars. Uh, and number four is the Houston signing, signing Mello in the offseason, as well as the Thunder losing to the Jazz in the playoffs. Now, I put those two together because they both have Mello in it. Uh, not to say that the, the Mello is to blame for the Thunder losing in the playoffs, um, but we're really starting to see Mello's, Mello's career is, is, is essentially over. Um, no teams are picking up right now. I know after getting dropped by the Rockets that um, there was reports saying the Lakers are interested, which means LeBron's interested. I think he might get picked up by the Lifetime team. <laughs> lifetime the lifetime, lifetime runs. Team. Um, but, you know, Melo hasn't really been able to adjust to how the game is played now and how, you know, it's all about threes. He doesn't shoot really threes. He shoots those little mid-range twos, you know, post-up twos. Yeah. And he's just become a catch-and-shoot kind of guy. And he hasn't really been able to accept the role whether it's coming off the bench or a smaller role, which I think has really hindered his career. So it sucks to see a guy like that. Like you, you'd like to see him go out like kind of like Dwayne Wade. You know what I mean? You know, except, except the bench role, you know, announce it's his last year, have a nice, you know, victory lap, you know, one last parade. Jerseys. 
switch all these jerseys, make a whole documentary about it. Right now, we think it's over. We're not sure if he's going to make a comeback or we're not sure if he's just going to stay not signed by any team. Yeah, no, for sure. It's kind of sad to see a guy, especially of the caliber of Carmelo Anthony. This guy won a championship in college. He's going to go to the Basketball Hall of Fame for sure. Uh, and it's really sad to see guys go out that way. And, and really, when they have control over their fate and then they don't take advantage of that, uh, that's really the saddest part. And actually, I just uh, checked my score up. Dallas just beat OKC. Wow. Uh, Luka Doncic, 25.7 assists. This guy's on a tear. Mm-hmm. Look out. Number three, John Wall and John Wall's contract coming into Team USA camp looking like he hadn't slept in days. Basically, John Wall, John Wall, John Wall. How he's negatively impacted that team. That team was already eighth in the East last year, and now they're just out of a playoff spot. They've been a mess. Um, and then he also screwed them over. They signed a fat deal with the Wizards, giving him like almost $40 million a year starting next year. And he's really... he's Starting really, next year. That's he, so awful. He's, he's, he's strapped the team. The team can't really get anybody. They can't move... John to any other team. No, there's no takers for him or his contract. He's coming out of shape, and he's just not playing to the level that we want him to play at, and we know that he's capable of playing at. So really, John Wall just dropped the ball on this one. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you. John Wall dropped the ball. He literally finessed this team because he was playing great basketball before that contract and signed the deal and ate very, very good food this summer. So yeah. he's, he's got a long way to go. He's out for the season now, so he's recovering that heel. I personally think they're shutting him down so they can get a good draft pick next year. Yeah. Um, Zion. Yeah, RJ right. Barrett. If they <laughs> drop that low to get Zion, that's a real problem. But I, as long as he's going somewhere that's not Cleveland, really, that's all that matters because Cleveland is a pit hole for a lot yeah. of these athletes. So. Number two, I know you're going to love this one. CP3's injuries and his contract that he signed in the offseason. So we know CP3 joined the Rockets in the 2017 season. And it was believed that Daryl Morey kind of gave him a wink-wink, nudge-nudge before the summer saying, you know, we'll sign you to a max deal if you stay, blah, 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 all this good stuff. And I know that you think it's a boneheaded move by Daryl to do do that. Um, CP3 is, what, 34, 35 years old now. Injury plagued, you know, they lost in the Western Conference Finals without him, and they really, really, really needed him to perform. They Forget all that. He's unproven. Forget all the injuries. What has he done? He's barely made it out of the first round every year. He, year in, year out, has good teams, and every year we hear issues about his team chemistry and, and guys coming out saying he's a bad teammate. He's this, he's that. I don't, I just don't get it. I think we were talking to uh, one of our buddies who is a Rockets fan who was saying something about because he's the, the, the president of the obviously, Players obviously, Association obviously, or something. Yeah. But yeah, so it's something like he needed this contract yeah. for for the sh- for show or like guys can't be getting paid less than him or something. Yeah. Go get that contract somewhere else, man. Houston was right there. I think Daryl really, really destroyed their window and, and it's really hindering James Harden. He's playing at a super high level and it's going it's straight going to the garbage. Almost, yeah. And number one, the worst blunder of the year. GR Smith's fourth quarter, game one, last minute blunder when he grabbed the rebound off the free throw that's a blunder of the century they were tied up thought they were up one ran it out to half court lebron's yelling at him um and you can really say you can argue obviously we don't know but had the Cavs won that game one it might change the whole series yes right so you know well, i think lebron signed with the lakers after game one yeah <laughs> i'll be he signed with lakers probably in the beginning of that last season but jared smith you gotta you gotta know what you're doing you gotta, as an nba player you're paid to do this you know you're paid to to perform at a high level you're paid to know 
what the score is at the dying seconds of the game. You get to rebound, you're right there. You gotta just put it up. And he had an open layup too. He did, right? He he he, he, well, he missed the free throw and he got his own rebound. So first of all, you missed the free throw. So you're at the free throw line shooting and you don't know what the situation right. is, which is really embarrassing. Yeah, uh, especially for a veteran. You've been in the league. You played for the Denver, champion. New York. Yeah, had a huge role in that in that championship. Huge, and he man, he. I feel bad, man. He's right now riding the pine. He's getting benched, and it's not a good look for our boy Jr. So that's my Z list. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, and uh, and that actually concludes our episode and, and does bring our year to an end. Um, so we actually are officially on SoundCloud. We we did post our first episode on there as well. Our page is The Fadeaway, T-H-E space F-A-E-D-A-W-A-Y. You need to subscribe ASAP or else you're slacking and you don't like NBA basketball. For those of you who don't like SoundCloud, we're also on Spotify. So make sure to check us out over there. Download, listen. Give us some good ratings. Um, give us some feedback as well. What do you guys? What you guys like? What you guys don't like? You know, we're always open to to improving and make things better for you guys. Yo, I actually just got off the phone with Google. Apparently, we're on Google Play right now as well. Uh, they called and they said our first episode was fire. So uh, check us out there as well. Uh, we're everywhere, man. Follow us on Instagram, the Fadeaway, uh, or just follow me on my personal page yeah. at Fatty Joachim. So. Uh, thanks, guys, for tuning in. Happy New Happy Year to New you Year. all. And uh, we'll continue bringing some super hot fire your way to New Year. Cheers.